Welcome to Content Etc, a podcast to help you work through the challenges of marketing your creative small business. I'm your host, journalist and copywriter Michelle Gately from Word by Word Storytelling. I want to help you feel really excited about the content marketing process so you can feel confident in it and know that it's not just something else to cross off your to-do list. I'm all about the gentle and sustainable growth, so if you're after quick hacks and one-size-fits-all templates, then this is not the place for you. My mission is to help you create content marketing that's actually interesting, feels and sounds authentic, not just like a sales robot, and has just a little sprinkle of strategic magic. I want to help you feel really great about your content so that you can show your dream clients why you're their perfect match. Let's get started. So Emma, welcome to Content Etc. Thank you so much for joining me and helping me with this uh, little episode that I had an idea for. And, you know, it's a bit of an experiment, but we'll see how it goes. So let's start with, you know, telling us a little bit about you and your business. Okay, well, firstly, thank you for having me. I'm always happy to be a guinea pig. Um, So I am a personal trainer. My business is called Weights and Wine. Um, I transitioned into PT about four years ago. I started doing in-person coaching and then I branched into the online world, which was quite a kind of big transition for me. And um, I've spent sort of the last year really growing that online side of my business sort of updating software and expanding my offering about what I do, offering some kind of group coaching options as well, which has been really good fun. Um, and yeah, that's that's kind of, in a nutshell, that's me, that's what I do. At the moment, what does your marketing look like? What are the main ways that you're communicating with uh, your current clients and potential future clients? So I'd say it's probably quite a split. I think my in-person clients who work with me in the gym Uh, and have one-to-one sessions tend to connect with me via my website. I think I'm one of those quick hits, you know, PT in my local area type Google searches. And thankfully, because I've been chipping away at my website, I stick quite high on the Google listing for female PTs in my area. So I tend to find a lot of my audience in terms of my one-to-one clients comes through my website. I would say for my online business, I probably generate more leads through Instagram and Twitter um that seems to be where I get most of the conversations especially when I did my group package I already had a couple of the people who ended up working with me in the group we which which like we'd already engaged together on stories or they were voting on my polls and we got into a bit of a dialogue and then it, it became quite an obvious fit for them to work with me virtually um when that opportunity came up so I would say it's a real split. I think the online world tends to interact much more through social media. And I think the in-person world tends to look for you more around your website. And then they tend to link between the two. So once they've gone to the website, they then go and have a nosy on my Instagram. Normally, they send me a follow request. And then I get an email inquiry that says they're looking for PT. And I can tend to tie the two together. So it's quite a seamless transition. You can see that they've gone from one platform to the other. Yeah, absolutely. And you do have a great website as well. And you do have a blog already. Um, But something that I know you wanted to talk about today was managing to keep up with various content on different platforms when you really do have quite a busy schedule with your online and in-person clients as well. So we're going to touch on that a little bit later. But I'd love to know, because I've sort of watched this transition as, you know, someone who was interested in your services and then as a client as well. But how would you say that your business has sort of transition slightly during the pandemic and your content as well around that has transitioned slightly yeah so it's been it's been really interesting it's been really challenging I would say um because I do think fitness content you've got to be in the mood for it and you've really got to strike the tone right and obviously when we first went into the very initial lockdown a lot of fitness influencers went big on content and they were doing a lot of free content. So they were doing live uh, group workouts, live Instagram sessions, you know, and and so much free content. And um, 
it was one of the things that I really didn't want to rush into because I kind of felt like once you sign yourself up for that, you're really committed. And given how long this has gone on for and the, and the fact that we're still being influenced by the pandemic, I'm actually really glad that I didn't go kind of two feet in on the live workouts, free content route, because I think I would have found that really challenging to actually maintain. Um, and I think as well, it was an incredibly stressful time for a lot of people. Everybody's experience of the pandemic has been very different. So I think it's very difficult to have, you know, a kind of blanket tone that fits everybody because everybody was going through quite a different process during that time. I really scaled back on a lot of the, I guess, actually a lot of the fitness tone to my content. And I actually started to make it a little bit more lighthearted. I went down more of a funny, gosh, isn't this stressful kind of route, which I think worked quite well because I don't think people were really in the mood for, okay, now's your time to really like dig deep and let's all transform ourselves during one of the most incredibly stressful years of our lives. I think a lot of people were struggling with things like homeschooling, being put on furlough, having the risk that they weren't making any money, they couldn't even pay their bills. And the last thing you want is somebody in the fitness industry being like, right, now's the time to completely transform your whole lifestyle and you're going to come out the other side with a six pack. I think it's a little bit... <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit short-sighted um, and it also adds a whole heap of pressure to an already incredibly stressful situation to say to an audience, right, now's the time we're all going to transform ourselves. So it was almost taking a little bit of a step back and thinking, okay, how am, how am I finding this as well? Like, how is this impacting my business? How is this stressful for my family, my friends? And then kind of trying to apply that mindset to everything that I produced and really take a massive step back from being like here's a workout video and here's a workout template and I think to be honest a lot of the time my content is influenced by what my clients are talking to me about so if they're telling me a lot of the same things I kind of notice common themes or threads around where everyone's at if people are feeling really overtired or they're frustrated or they're upset and I try and sort of channel that into my own content and utilize some of those conversations that I was having on virtual one-to-one -one sessions with my clients into what I'm putting out on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, because I think you tend to find that your clients are really good, um, almost like a, a snapshot of what everybody else is experiencing, but you're getting so much from them in those conversations when they're saying something about, oh, you know, I feel really guilty. I've got all this time and I've got no motivation or all I'm doing is baking banana bread, which let's be honest, we all did. Um, and you think, gosh, so much, that's so much pressure. You know, so everyone's sat at home having these internal conversations with themselves going, I feel like I'm failing somehow, even though you've got so much other stuff that goes on within that. It's, it's so incredibly difficult to just prioritise one element of what is a huge situation that's going on and an ever-changing situation as well, which has been another part, I think, of the challenge, not only moderating the content and getting the tone right initially, which did take time, but then also as things have shifted and changed and things have started to open up and we obviously uh, had kind of reopenings and then closures again, which again sends everything into a bit of a tailspin. It's paying attention, I think, to what you're hearing from your followers and your audience. And it's utilizing the tools, I think, that you've got on things like Instagram, like question boxes and polls and votes so that people can sort of tell you in a very easy way how they are feeling about things and where they're at with stuff. Because it's so easy once you're in the fitness world and you're in your own little fitness bubble and you work in the industry to sort of forget that everybody else that you're talking to is not there. They're not where you're at. And I think one of the most valuable things I've, I've ever learned was to always make sure that you're meeting the, your client exactly where they are. So not where you expect them to be and not where you want them to be, but where are they right now? Because if you're not talking to them then in that moment, then you're kind of missing the mark and you're either too far ahead or you're not quite where they're at and you kind of end up miscommunicating, I think. So it's been a huge transition. And I would say, I think we're still in it because I still think we're going to feel this impact from the pandemic and from COVID for quite a while. But I think from a fitness perspective, people are 
in very transition mindsets right now. They're getting back to socializing and seeing friends and family, which has been the one thing we've all been waiting for. But I think you've got to accept that actually going to the gym and getting a workout in is not necessarily everyone's priority right now. And that's okay. Making people feel guilty about that is not really going to achieve anything. That you've got to try and support them through that process and help them understand that that's a that's fine, but also there's always time for you to come back to exercise. Like it's never going to abandon you. You've always got time to dip back in. So it's just making use of the time that you do have. But I think transitioning out is going to be as challenging as it was to transition into the pandemic. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. I think. Yeah. And I mean, like, this is exactly why I asked you onto the podcast as well. I think what you've just shared is like such a wonderful insight into how we should be approaching content marketing. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation because I don't think that you are doing that much wrong in your content marketing. I don't, I don't think that there's anything. In fact, I think you're an example of doing everything right in a challenging situation. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation um, because I think that there's a lot of people who will probably experience different up and downs, maybe not as dramatically as gyms closing and reopening and closing and reopening again. And, you know, fitness, as you say, like is, there is so much emotionally charged stuff around fitness and body image and stuff like that. So you are in a very unique situation. But I think the things that you mentioned there about talking to your clients and using that as ideas for content, you know, even when you're not in challenging situations, just in general, getting used to that, getting used to sort of jotting down ideas after client calls and things like that, that is something that every business owner can do. And when I sort of talk to people and they say I don't have any ideas for content or I don't know what to say that's always my first piece of advice is to go back through those things and look at how you've helped other people because as you say like if one person is struggling with that it's likely that you know the feelings around that other people are struggling with as well yeah and you know so many of the things around fitness we were all struggling like you said lots of us were feeling guilty about whether it was whether it was fitness or not I'm sure most of us felt some element of guilt around being home but not having motivation and all that sort of stuff. So you can definitely tap into that stuff. Um, The other thing that I think, you know, we've spoken about in the past in other calls and I think which you've started to do really well is to post some more stuff that you're really interested in and really knowledgeable, knowledgeable about that you don't necessarily feel like you can post all the time and that's to do with like menstrual cycles and hormones and training and things like that how have you felt sort of adding more of that into your fitness content as well yeah it's been quite a change um I think initially whenever anybody starts out in the fitness industry your main goal is to just fill your client base so in that sense you're kind of talking to everybody because you're kind of like work with me work with me And it's fine initially. And actually, it's kind of an important part of the process, because when you learn or when you work with lots of different people who aren't necessarily your people, you start to understand why they're not your client. So where your values maybe don't align or maybe their goal is something that you're not passionate about, for example, because the fitness industry and what people want from a personal trainer is so varied. It's really good in those initial stages to work with a little bit of everyone. And then over time go, actually, do you know what? That just doesn't really set my soul on fire. You know, I'm just really not that passionate about this or that personality just doesn't really work with me or or whatever it may be. And as you do that over time, I've been in industry now for four years, you really start to understand who your people are and what their values are and how they kind of mirror your own. And by doing that, you kind of go through a bit of a process of elimination. And so for me, broadening out into more of a female focused kind of health and fitness approach was a huge kind of last step I suppose because I still do work with men I'd still have male clients but the reality of my situation is that I have like a 95% female client base so although there's that little part of you that thinks am I going to alienate that 5% of my audience there's another big chunk of you that is like but this is me speaking exactly to my people like this is exactly who is following me these are the people that are engaging with me these are the clients who are working with me one-to-one and 
I'm 35, so I've got quite a varied age range of clients as well. And I also sit on that course of women who are going through perimenopause, menopause, uh, pregnancy, childbirth, postnatal. So I knew, in, in fact, as soon as I qualified as a PT, one of the first extra qualifications I did was my pre and postnatal, mainly because as a woman, you're thinking, okay, I will probably choose to work with a woman PT. And if I get pregnant at some point, is this trainer going to be able to support me through that process? Or am I going to drop off because this trainer is not qualified? So it was a real obvious bridge that I needed to, you know, like a gap that I needed to bridge. And um, doing that was great, but then it needed to go to that next level because I didn't just have pregnant clients. I've had a lot of pregnant clients, but I didn't just have pregnant clients. I then had women who thought potentially they're going through perimenopause. And then I had women who were already going through menopause or had already got to the other side of menopause and maybe not have particularly great experiences. And there are so many amazing benefits to exercise for all of those women going through all those different processes. And actually, when you look at it from like a hormone standpoint and what we go through biologically, it's such a huge transition across all years of our lives because we have such massive fluctuations and great big changes to our bodies that really you need to understand that process to be able to support your client fully. Because if you can't, you're going to need to refer out and you're potentially going to lose them to somebody else who has that knowledge and understanding. And it also means that um, you personally, so I personally feel like the more I've learned and understood about women's health, the more confidence I've got to address those issues. So I think getting into women's health and really niching down and understanding more about what's happening with my clients that maybe I haven't experienced, but that they're all going through is such a key part of my job because I can give that next level of support. So it's not just the sessions down the gym. It's not just the workouts of the app. It's everything else that comes with it. And so it's been such a, big change but I've actually really loved doing the content because then you start to open up conversations and have dialogue with women about IVF or fertility or pregnancy you know the amount of women who come into my DMs on Instagram and tell me they're pregnant and they're in the really early stages and they're not yet announcing it but they're so excited and because you've put some content out there that resonates with them they're like oh I, I'm going to tell her I, you know I trust her not to say anything to anybody but they want to share it and you think, well, you, it goes to show what happens when you're really talking to your clients on that level because they instantly start to be much more candid with you, much more open. And I think they benefit a lot more from their time with you and you learn so much from them because no two women are ever the same. So as much as you can put kind of general content out there and tick off sort of themes and what have you, you're still having really specific conversations with these women. And then each time you move on to a new client, you're so much better prepared to have those conversations and to take somebody on and support them. So it's been, I love it. I mean, I love understanding more about it. It's such an important part of the process, but it's also great for me because, you know, I'm going to go through these phases myself in life. So to be prepared for that is really nice. Um, but to know that, you know, they trust you, that they can have these open conversations and that they're happy to do so. It makes your job really special. You know, you feel like you've got a real important role in someone's life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's so true. You do have that important role and you are building those relationships that will take your clients, you know, through those different phases of their lives. So you mentioned, obviously, at the start of, you know, starting to post some of that content, maybe a bit more niche content. It is a bit daunting. Now you've been doing that for a few months and I think it's definitely more something that I associate with your account now. When I see things pop up, I know they're from you. So how do you feel now when you post those sorts of things? Are you feeling a bit more confident in embracing that expertise that you have? Definitely, yeah. And I mean, part of that has been going away and broadening my own knowledge and understanding. So advancing my own learning in the background has been a really key part of that. So that when I do put information out there, I feel like if I was to be asked about it or someone was to reach out for some more support, I'm in a good position to be able to do that. But I think you get that vibe from people as they're reacting to your social media. So um I do tend to do a lot of the hormone periods, menstrual cycle type stuff as like gifts and quite lighthearted content because 
I do still have male audience on my social media and I don't want to completely alienate them from, you know, the potential of working with me. But I do also think it's important that men understand this as well. Like it's not just for women. It's also helpful to empower guys to understand that about their partners and, you know, and, and what that's like as a, as a woman to go through. But I think the lighthearted stuff works better I'd say with my client base so making it a little bit more uh, engaging and occasionally revisit asking questions on Instagram stories so it's always like is this useful do you want this do you want to see it like this and even um, this week last week I asked you know I'm doing all these different types of versions of content is this what you want to see do you like reels do you like it like this do you want it like that because I always used to guess, you know, back in the early days of being on social media, I was kind of like, well, I think that they'll probably want it like this. <laughs> and then when you realize that you could just ask them the question, you could just be like, hey, guys, do you like reels? And then pick a yes, no category. You think, well, they're telling me exactly what they want to see now. So it takes down one of those barriers of you being like, well, I'm not really 100% sure how that they want to see this information. When you ask and they tell you, you're like, oh, okay, so the people who are actively following me, engaging on my stories, and actually responding to me who are potential clients are telling me they want to see this that gives you confidence as well asking that question and having it you know reaffirmed back to you that yes we really want this or yes we really like this style you just think all right tick boom let's just carry on then so i think the first couple of times you release content that becomes quite specific and quite niche or a little bit like i don't know how this is going to go are people going to freak out are they going to be like hang on a minute we just follow you for workouts what are you doing yeah um you know, that's a risk that you have to take, I think. So have you also had positives from that content in actually seeing like new leads and potential new clients as well directly as a result of that content that you've posted? Yeah, definitely. And I think running the group programs during lockdown, which were very much women's health specific. So I put in very specific content themes across the 12 weeks um, that definitely drew out a whole new audience for me so the, again these were people who had been engaging with me on um social media platforms in conversations and so they were an obvious fit and I thought that it would work really well for them but it also meant that I didn't actually have to kind of sell the 12 weeks um publicly because I had a list of women that I thought would be a really good fit for the 12-week group coaching and I contacted them all separately and said you know I'll just send you some information have a look at it tell me what you think and um and sold the group program out based on that which was great and they just referred a couple of friends in and then before you know it you know your numbers are there um so yeah I would definitely say that and I've also noticed since doing a lot more of the hormone and fertility kind of content that I've had more leads with clients suffering with things like PCOS so polycystic ovary, um, which is fertility based. And they also get a lot of recommendations from doctors that they should um, potentially look at exercise or weight loss as part of their treatment plan. So I think there are those links now that I'm starting to see that are coming off the back of putting out specific content that is obviously appealing to clients who are maybe struggling with a certain element of their um, health and fitness which might be related to women's health specific or hormones or fertility or whatever it may be so there is definitely a link going on there now which is starting to get that little bit stronger I think like with anything the more you're putting that kind of type of content out there the more people start to expect that from you and so that they're showing up for that purpose as opposed to maybe what they were following you for before or maybe they didn't even know about you but because you're starting to hit those kind of themes things that they're actively looking for you start to draw them to you quite naturally I think that's so wonderful and I think as I said like this is why I wanted to talk to you as well because you've sort of you've been going through that transition that a lot of people are perhaps scared of and like I myself was scared to fully niche down into things but you are a bit on the other side of it now where you're starting to see those positive results and I I really wanted to be able to share that story with my audience as well um but we are also here today to talk about some of the things that you're still struggling with at the moment so you sent me some stuff through before but I'd love to hear from you what are your sort of biggest struggles when it comes to your content marketing at the moment so at the moment I would say 
probably the hardest thing when you're working in an industry like mine is the hours that we work. So we have really chaotic schedules, no two weeks ever the same, and finding time in the week to actually create content is sometimes a challenge. So it's not necessarily the topics or what I want to talk about, it's actually finding the time to talk about it. And because there's no consistency necessarily with the schedule, you know, I'm not working a standard kind of nine to five day. That means that I'm not always able to post at the same time. I'm not always able to um, find the time to like sort of re like pre-schedule content or show up on stories even at the same time every day. So it's finding a way to make it work with an ever-changing and ever-fluctuating diary, which in some weeks is really intense and in others is a little bit lighter. And I find for me, I need space and time to get into that kind of creative mindset to actually sit down and put ideas out on paper and create things that I'm happy with. But that's not always necessarily an option. You know, getting that time, two, three, four hours in a day to batch create content can be quite a challenge. And I think I'm not always the best at repurposing what I have created. So I'm not always the best at making the best use out of what I have already got and making sure that I use it across lots of different platforms and in lots of different ways. I tend to sometimes just see things in isolation. You know, it's just a single post and I post it and I don't necessarily think what else could I be making from that and what could I tease out in terms of value? So yeah, I'd say those are my two biggest problems, issues right now. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the first thing to ask though is, are you at the point in your business where you can potentially afford to outsource some things and look at outsourcing some of that content creation, whether that is, you know, someone maybe writing blog posts for you or taking blog posts that you've written and, and creating kind of creating that repurposed content that you could use. Is that something that could maybe be an option? Yeah, possibly. And I think if my business continues to grow, which it has done over the last sort of two years quite significantly, it will probably be something that's a bit of a non-option for me. I will probably get to the point where actually creating so much content and value is going to be something that I'm going to really struggle to find the time to do. Um, so yes, and I think there comes a point in everybody's business where you've got to look at where you're spending your time and how you can better use your time. And actually, if it's more financially viable for me to be using those hours to actually coach clients versus creating the content, then it will get to that stage where it's, it will be a complete no-brainer. You'll just be like, you know, pass this over to somebody else who's got the time to do it. Um, I do really enjoy creating the content. I think it's just when you get to that stage and it's almost like a battle with yourself because you've got all these ideas and you know what you want to make, but you just can't quite carve the time out. Yeah. I also think sometimes I'm not great at putting my own boundaries in place. So I like to be really flexible for clients. And my week at the moment is now a bit of a mishmash, which it was never before. So I have virtual days where I'm training clients from home and they're my clients on my app and then I have gym days and at the moment they're still quite fluid because we're in those early stages of going back to the gym as where in the future I'm going to be a little bit more structured with that but I also need to factor in time to actually step back and not be in the business to work on the business which is probably one of the hardest things I find because once I'm in it I'm just like you know I get the momentum and I just keep going and I think yeah that's great in some ways but then I'll reach a stage where I think oh I really need to take a step back and look at where I'm going with it um yeah. but yeah I think for anybody if you're getting to that stage where actually you've got the ideas and you've actually got a big chunk of content you're just not actually using it across all your platforms then absolutely getting somebody in who can say do you know what you could use this for this or why aren't you posting this onto your blog and creating a whole new blog post out of it and then sharing it across all your platforms it, it makes sense to have somebody who can take that kind of bird's eye view and look at what you've got and say, actually, do you know what? You've got heaps of content here. It's just that you're not, you're not breaking it up and like resharing it. Mm. So that's something I think that would be something that maybe you could look at. Okay. Is it, is it going to be, you know, is that something I need to look at in three months or six months or, you know, maybe having that to work towards will be good because the other thing is as well, you don't want to, I know that you're really busy and you also don't want to fill your week so much. I mean, I'm guilty of this as well. You don't want to fill your week so much that you're not having that time to relax and enjoy yourself and you're literally, you know, working on everything at every moment of the day. But until then, I think probably one of the things that you could perhaps work towards is having 
either a day or an afternoon that you do block out at the start of each week and say, this is not for clients, this is for me and this is for working on the business. Um, I think the other thing too is because you do have so many ideas and you do know what you want to say would be to break down your process a lot more. So maybe one afternoon a week, if you've got a couple of hours to work on something, maybe you just say to yourself, right, well, I am going to plan out three blog posts, for example. I'm not going to try and write them. I'm not in that headspace today. I just want to plan them rather than trying to sit down and write, like plan and write and publish one blog post and then move on to the next. So it's that concept of batch working, but sort of breaking it up even further to say, okay, today I'm just going to plan this. And, you know, maybe the next day you have some time, it's just going to be researching different elements and building it up that way, but sort of giving yourself uh, an achievable limit of say, okay, I want to research, you know, two blog posts. And, you know, I am the worst for being like, oh my God, yeah, I'm going to do like four blog posts today. Yes, that's what I'm going to do. And it's just not achievable. So making that achievable. The other thing I would say with that as well is sort of being a bit, firmer with yourself about okay which days am I posting to Instagram and you know do I need to post say five times a week or is three times a week okay because I am actually very busy and you know if you're not launching anything at the moment then you probably don't need to be posting every single day Um, and so at the moment while you're quite busy you could you know take that pressure off yourself a little bit um, but still you know be posting on there, be engaging in stories and stuff like that. I think you do a great job of stories. I see your stories pop up all the time. I don't know whether that's just because I engage in them as well, but it seems to me that you do a good job of documenting like, you know, that you're at the gym today or that you're doing this workout and stuff. Maybe something else you could add to it potentially is um, without sort of necessarily identifying your clients if you recorded a quick story after saying, you know, we tried this new exercise today or, you know, we tried this. Would you, and, and again, you're really great at popping in the questions and asking people that. So maybe just sort of giving an update of like, we talked about this, they were struggling with motivation. So we talked about this. So here's a tip that I gave them, that sort of thing. Um, like I said, I think you're really good on stories. And I think that you pop up there a lot. But if that's something that you could add in potentially, that's quite an easy thing to do just and I mean again this is stuff that I forget to do sometimes as well but maybe um maybe that's something you could easily add in after a gym session for example but I think you've been doing a really good job of saying today is my virtual PT day today is my in-person in the gym day um the other thing that I wanted to check is like how are you feeling now especially now that there's more gyms opening up again how do you feel about you know talking to those people who want in-person training versus your online clients do you feel like you are able to make content specifically for each group uh yeah yes yeah I mean it depends really what the topic is I guess or the theme is I think in-person clients I've got a big chunk I would say of in-person clients who maybe don't engage as much with my social media they could be people who've come literally directly through the website. They've sent me an email, then they've come to work with me. And they they may not have even gone through the website to know that I have an Instagram account or anything like that. And then I have others who've literally sourced me out on Instagram. So like it's their first port of call. They are liking my posts all the time. They're on my stories, watching everything. Um, so I think I have a real split where you get really engaged, kind of tech savvy women who found you on social media and who follow and like and engage with everything that you do and then you have another section of people who maybe aren't that bothered about social media who literally just want to work with you in person and they're just there for your time and and what you can share with them but I suppose what they give me to share is still valuable so the content I I think still sits across and I found from really tweaking my website and my content my ideal client is attracted to me so I really now when I get inquiries I very rarely end up with a client who has a very quick turnaround unless they're working towards something very, very specific. I have clients who've been with me since the very beginning who are my client. They're my ideal client. So those women have always wanted to work with a trainer who aligns with their values, who understands them and gets them, and they'll stay with me for as long as they possibly can. And really, as a PT, 
that's the dream. That's exactly what I'm looking for. I'm looking for my people who want to work with me forever. Like, because why wouldn't I want that? <laughs> um, and so sometimes you get clients, you just, you know, you hit it off with them. You've got very similar personalities or sense of humors or, or you know, similar things in common, but also they like what you've got to say about fitness and health. And they understand that you're knowledgeable. They trust you. They, you know, put all their confidence into you to be able to deliver the kind of workouts they want. And you pay attention to what they're asking you for. And then they stay with you forever. So you never stop talking to those clients. But for me, I mean, I'm kind of fully booked at the moment. So I'm not actively seeking clients. And like you say, I'm not, I'm not really promoting anything or going through like a sales phase at the moment because I'm not running any group coaching programs or anything like that. So I'm posting content literally just to nurture my audience. So I'm just providing value for the people who already work with me or who might work with me in the future, you know, who are kind of maybe sitting on the fence, a little bit on the outside. They've been thinking about it, but they're not sure. So in that sense, it gives you great freedom. You know, you can kind of then be quite um, playful, I suppose, with your content is the best way to describe it because you're not having to stick to any set um structure or like you say you're not having to post every day of the week I went from posting every day of the week and at one point I was running two social media platforms because I had a separate social media platform for my online business and my own brand which was completely exhausting and I actually don't know don't know how I created content for so many different social media channels or posted on either of them to be honest and the best decision I ever made was to get rid of the separate brand and just to keep it all under weights and wine because I started to understand that a lot of the time in personal training, they're there to work with you as an individual. So they want to work with me and I'm part of that offering. So I'm in a way, I'm sort of selling myself. And in order to do that, I've got to show up, you know, I've got to be accessible for people so that they understand more about me, but I couldn't do that across so many different platforms. And I was just diluting myself really and what I was offering. And I think it was confusing things for people. So actually just having my one set social media platform and saying I'm weights and wine you can work with me online in person or a bit of both is so much easier for people to understand because then they're like oh okay so it's just it's her this is like her thing and either way I can work with her but I'll just need to decide which way I want to do it (laughs) Um, yeah so yeah I mean I think content I'm lucky in my industry that content actually that I produce for one audience like one side of my business like my in-person clients transfers over pretty well I would say to my virtuals but you still never stop really asking those questions like what do you want to see from me and are you okay what do you need support with and that tends to be like I say now I've niched my audience down everybody kind of wants similar things really yeah excellent um what I would think would work really well for you as well because you said at the start that you know a lot of your in-person stuff tends to come through local SEO and local searches so what would be excellent would be to make sure that you have a section on your blog with a few posts around dedicated to gym stuff whether that's I know we talked in the past about you know how to return to the gym after a while um you know maybe I think I think you've done one on like uh, like confidence in the gym, haven't you? About yeah, yeah how to feel confident about things. Um, maybe you could talk about like the benefits of working with a PT in person, and then do a similar post about you know what it's what it's like to work with a virtual PT, just so that when those people find your website in that respect, you know maybe that's something you can direct them to, and it's also something that you could use when you are having those conversations, if someone says, oh, so so what's it like actually working with you as a PT? And they send that inquiry through, something you can respond with is, you know, here's a post I wrote with more information and whatever the next step is, whether that's, you know, booking a, a quick call or something like that. I think that could be really helpful for you. And that's not, it's not time sensitive. It's something you can work on as you do have a bit more time. I think it's something that would be really good cornerstone content for you. I see that being really helpful. Um, And it would be really good as well for you to do some cornerstone content around, you know, hormones and training and, and whether that's, you know, again, looking at something that is a niche for you that people might specifically want to work with you on, whether that's, you know, the benefits of having a PT for postpartum training and things like that. Again, just as a way that people, when they land there, they can sort of see what you're about. But I think overall your website is great for that already. And I know that your, 
you're showing up, but again, it's the time. So I think giving yourself uh, sort of a realistic schedule, realistic expectations is a good place to start. Um, on the repurposing front, what what is your process now? What are you doing at the moment? So normally I try and I try and stick to sort of common themes. So I've got like a big um, pin board, which has got like all of my kind of popular topics. So the things that I want to help my audience with. So whether that's hormones, periods, exercises, demos, confidence, whatever it may be, mindset, all that kind of stuff. So I've got all my kind of little headers and then um, I create content off the back of those. So I tend to go through phases where I kind of brain dump loads of ideas. So based on what I've learned or read or questions that I, conversations that I've had, I'll then chuck it all into a Word document and then I'll create content off the back of that. So if I think that there's a, a theme or a thread or a, t- a topic that I think has got real potential, I might expand that out into a blog post. So then there's a blog post, there's a an Instagram feed. I then might open it up to questions in my stories. I'll take some content out of the blog and I'll put that as a tweet or I'll take like three or four different statements out of the blog and I'll put them as tweets across a whole week, for example, and then I'll share the link to the blog post or I'll do it vice versa. And I'm, I think, a little bit more aware that there's a lot more value. And that probably came from our very first conversation about it where we were talking about repurposing and the different options that were available. It kind of opened my eyes a little bit to, oh, hang on a minute, okay, so actually that doesn't have to work in isolation and I could actually do this and I could actually do that. And from that conversation that we'd initially had when we were just kind of chewing the fat and you were throwing ideas at me, I went away and was like, oh, do you know what? I've got that video that's like a, you know, I've got a stretch routine. Well, why don't I do a blog post around about the, you know, the importance of stretching around a workout, do that content, add in the video, upload it to YouTube. And, and it's all kind of quite seamless. And then you start to realize that actually that's a really easy process to do, but it's almost just getting yourself into that mindset of like, oh, okay, so this doesn't have to just like sit by itself. Cause I did used to in the past, just create Instagram posts. And I wouldn't even necessarily cross over between Instagram posts and Instagram stories. You know, I wouldn't even put a thread together between the two of them as where now I'm a little bit more like, oh, I've talked about this. So maybe I'll ask some questions or maybe I'll show up on stories and say, I've posted about this today. Because even just talking about the post sometimes gets people to go back and engage with it a little bit more. And you're totally right about what you say about allowing your almost your own boundaries. And, oh, I want, want to do everything perfect at the right time become something that basically just stops you from doing anything because you're like oh but I haven't done it on like the second Tuesday of this at this time (laughs) so like I can't ever post it but actually if you just show up doesn't matter how like chaotic or imperfect it is people are just seeing you so they're expecting to see you so they know that you're going to be showing up on social media and actually then when you do have days where you step back a little bit and you're like oh guys I've just been really busy people know that that's authentic they know that you're not just turning up being like I'm so busy which people can do (laughs) yeah they know that like oh hang on a minute I've actually yeah do you know what she hasn't been on stories and like that she did say something about she's at the gym today or whatever and then people get that general sense from you of like what it's actually like for you running your business Mm. um so yeah I think actually I definitely wasn't making the most out of my content pre-hour conversation and I would say now I'm a little bit better at it. I definitely still think there's ways that I could improve because I think there always is. Um, and I think one of my big things is actually carving out that time. Yeah. I mean, I was going to ask what makes you think that you're not making the most of your content at the moment? Because it definitely sounds like you are on the right track there. So is it more that you feel a little bit maybe scattered with it at the moment and not like you're potentially making as much time, making as much of the time that you do set aside? At the moment, the way that I do my content, I'm still trying to be fairly light with it because I do think we're in this big transition period and people are re-engaging with the world and seeing friends and family. And I know from speaking to clients, a lot of people are feeling very pressured. It's being very tactful right now about how you communicate the benefits of exercise and things like that, because not everybody is there yet, I don't think. Mm. I think that will start to pick up gradually over time. But right now I'm trying to be very, very tactful about what I'm putting out on social media I have also started creating some more pregnancy related content which is to do with the course I'm doing at the moment and writing some blog posts things for that which 
I'm just holding off from posting until I get to the end of this qualification. But I'd say it, it comes down to everything. It's always just finding that little wedge of time to do it. So I kind of know what I can be doing, what I should be doing, but I don't always give myself the, the space, I don't think, to do it. So it's almost, I think for me, probably getting to a stage where a couple of times a month I actually block out time and I'm really um, set on that. And I'm kind of like, right, this afternoon is going to be go to a coffee shop and brain dump ideas and things. Because I know for me, it's not that I don't have it in me, it's just that I don't take the time to sit down and actually go, ha, oh, let's go. Maybe treating it as if you would a client as well and making that a really non-negotiable thing. Um, so the other thing I would say maybe at the moment, especially when you're feeling like you're trying to get back into this new routine, would potentially be instead of looking, although you have said you have got some new content that you want to create, when you are feeling quite frazzled and like you don't have enough time and stuff, and I mean there will be times as well whether it's that, that you don't have enough time or that you you know, feel quite creatively drained and you maybe don't have ideas and stuff. Something that I sort of like to do, if you feel like you can't completely step back and you don't want to completely step back, you want to continue that sort of consistency is to go back and update some of your old content. And you've got quite a few blog posts already. So you could either update them and republish them with a new date or just go back for your own benefit and think, okay, what could I turn into new Instagram content? Because I guarantee you will find some content. And even going back through your Instagram, having a look at like a year ago for like looking at your insights for a year, what's the most saved post? What's the most liked post? Is there a way you can take that and then maybe do it as a reel instead? Or maybe do it as something, you know, if you did it with a photo, maybe you could do a similar thing, but in graphic form. So I recently did this where, you know, two of my most popular posts have been around basically a checklist for SEO. So I was like, okay, how can I do this maybe as a reel instead? And so I shared it as a reel with like, these are the things you need in an SEO blog post. So that's an example of literally just going back at what are people liked before and basically using that, tweaking it a little bit, maybe changing a few things here and there, but essentially republishing that information. I know for us, it feels like we know that and other people are going to know that we're doing the same thing again, but the truth is they won't. And you will have new followers who maybe didn't see that, maybe followers who are like, oh my God, yeah, I remember when she talked about this last year and that's really, oh yeah, I needed this reminder right now, right? So I think maybe the space that you're in at the moment, that also might take less brain power than if you've only got a small chunk of time and you're like, right, well, this afternoon I want to work on some content. Maybe you give yourself, you want to fill out two weeks of content, maybe that's six posts going back through those old things, I'm sure that you could come up with six ideas and get the bones of the caption and everything written without having to sit down and be like, okay, I need to get fully into the creative zone. It's like you just have to get like halfway there yeah. maybe and it's not quite as um, mentally draining. Yeah, yeah. Um, that might be a way to do that just to sort of hold you over until you've got that new content and you feel like you can go all out with that as well. By which time you might again have sensed a bit of a change and feel like you can get back to posting a little bit more sort of gym stuff. But I also wouldn't be put off posting some back to the gym stuff because I know that you do it in a really sensitive way and you probably will have people in your audience who do want to know that. So if you just do it in the you know empathetic way that you do usually approach these things, just reminding people, maybe even if it's on your stories and say, hey, I, you know, I wrote a blog post a little while about, ago about returning to the gym and these are some of the tips that I gave. And, you know, if you do it as a sort of a talking story or something and say, look, I know this isn't for everyone, but if this is for you, here are some tips, things like that. Again, it's just going back over that old content. And I think, you know, we do get so obsessed in, I need to do something new. I need to put something fresh out there, but actually going back to that content that has worked well for us in the past and has really resonated with our audience can be a really good thing. And I think you could do it in, especially, especially these days on Instagram where, you know, you can do a different graphic or you can do a different photo or you can do it as a reel. Like there are so many more options for us to repurpose that content. Yeah. So 
if you think about repurposing that way as well as repurposing the new stuff you do but it's do you know what it's so it's so good to have these kind of conversations though because the minute that you start talking about well you've got this and you've got this and you, you really open somebody's eyes up to like the options of what they've already got it does make the whole task of creating content and repurposing content a lot less daunting so it's being clever about oh I've already got this but last time I did it this way and do you know what this time I'm gonna do it a little bit more serious or I'm gonna do it a little bit more light-hearted and I think you know you can tell from having that com- like when we're having that conversation that you know, if I was to say to you, like, here's my website, what could I, what could I do? Like, tell me what I would change in my content or tell me what I could repurpose or what would you do with this? I think you just absolutely go to town and give me loads of ideas because you're so good at sitting back and being like, right, you know what, you've said you've done this, but actually we could do X, Y, and Z with it. If you've got somebody who can actually have that kind of conversation and, and actually make you feel quite excited about content, I think you're really good at that. Like, I never sit necessarily myself and go, I'm so excited to write a blog post. But when you're talking to me and you're like, oh, but then you've got this and you've got that. And, you know, we throw ideas around. I think, oh, God, yeah, I know she's right. I could totally, I could do that. Makes me want to go and write a blog post, Michelle. That's what it does. I mean, this is what you do exactly the same, though, because I've never felt excited about exercise before I started working (laughs) with you. So (laughs) you're exactly the same. It works both ways. (laughs) (laughs) But also this is like, you know, I also have these blind spots in my own business, but it's the benefit of having someone else sit down and and take that outside perspective and look at things and say, actually, which is exactly why I wanted to to do this sort of experimental interview with you as well. And I think that there's a lot in here, hopefully, that people will find useful. Yeah, I hope so. Um, Where can people follow you online now that we've talked all about your amazing content? (laughs) so they can follow me on instagram i am weights underscore wine um or they can find me on my website which is www.weightsandwine.com or they can find me on uh, twitter with the same handle as instagram uh yeah i'm always floating around one of those three places thank you so much for listening to this episode of content etc If you head over to wordbywordstorytelling.com forward slash blog, you'll find a blog version of this episode. There'll be links to anything I've mentioned in this episode in the show notes on your podcast app. If you enjoyed this episode, please let me know by tagging me in your stories on Instagram, where I'm at wordbywordstorytelling. And let me know what your biggest takeaway is from this episode. If you know someone who would enjoy listening to the show, please tell them about it. Word of mouth is still one of the most powerful forms of podcast recommendation. Make sure you're following the podcast to get the next episode as soon as it drops.